welcome to the Two Northern Lasses podcast. Um, today, I've got, obviously, Jane, my co-host, with us. And we've also got Jeff Dunn, who we call Nice Jeff. Don't we, Jane? We do, because he's the nicest man ever. <laughs> so, um, we, we always start with a chat between us about what we've been up to, but we're obviously in lockdown. And just for some sort of context, it is actually the 16th of April today. Um, so life's pretty much changed for all of us and uh, and certainly for the three of us we were all on a video conference call the other day which we can't mention the name of or the people involved in that meeting but we had a bit of a lockdown experience which I think is a first for all of us so Jane do you want to set the scene? Um, yeah so we're in a zoom networking type thing not to give much away um there was about i think nine people the nine people yeah. Is that and one of the people um he was in the bottom right hand corner it wasn't my screen. <laughs> um well it started funny because it was like everybody else was sat at the desks and he was wandering around wasn't it and it was a bit like off-putting shall we say um and then after he'd, after he'd faffed around a bit, he, um, he laid on his settee and he was, you know, quite chill. And then he was so chill that he suddenly had snoring coming from the right-hand corner. And he was actually asleep. Just, was he not on a sunbed outside? No, he was on his settee. Oh, I, th I thought he was on a sunbed, but his phone yeah. was sort of moving, like with his breathing. And then he started yeah. snoring. What do you think, Jeff? He was on his uh, uh, couch or sofa. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So then he started snoring. And, um, well, uh, it was sort of like being in church and something happens and you're not supposed to laugh. It was like when you're in one of those places that you're not supposed to go hysterical. And also, when you, when you can't look at the person next to you, I couldn't look at either of you too because I knew I'd just look. <laughs> needless to say we've had a lot of laughs about it since that happened and um it it reminded me of a time about 10 years ago when i worked at cisco and um me and a colleague had gone to a meeting with a financial services organization in london and we were in this meeting there was about eight people and this guy fell asleep he also started snoring and nobody batted an eyelid or said a word um so a bit of a surreal experience and and i think this when we come out of this lockdown we're all going to be talking about what funny things happened on video conference because it's a new Obviously. world of working for a lot of people isn't it yeah i've never used zoom before and, and i um we started using it to get together with my mates on a saturday night we do a quiz um what is the six families can we do a quiz on a saturday night and that's why i kind of first downloaded it started using it for that but over, over the last week so i've had quite a few more worky meetings and now we're recording a podcast on it which is probably a good time jane for us to introduce kind jeff nice, nice jeff. jeff so jeff has had a mention on our podcast before because we had I don't, I don't know if you've heard it jeff um we i we had a question that was something like who's the nicest person you've ever met 
Um, Alex was um, not happy about it. Sorry, Alex. Alex is the producer, and he obviously had to listen to the podcast because he was um, editing it. And he was like, why didn't you say me? <laughs> so anyway, so nice Jeff is here. Um, you can just call him Jeff. Um, Jeff Dunn. Um, we have become good friends. We have all met via various different networking things in Huddersfield. Um, and we now kind of speak regularly, meet up for coffee and stuff. Um, Jeff works in insurance. He loves insurance. But don't worry, he's not boring. Um, are you, Jeff? Hopefully not. <laughs> yeah, I think I saw a presentation that Jeff gave um, not long ago. And, and to be fair, I was sitting there thinking, oh gosh, a presentation on insurance, where's this going to go? Um, and I thought you did a great job, Jeff, of turning it into a sort of um, fun exercise for everybody to get engaged in. And um, I think it worked out really well for you um, because you demonstrated, one, you, you um, expertise, but also you managed to inject a little bit of fun into what could have been a pretty dull, dare I say it, um, subject. Um, so we, I also know that you love insurance and, and I know that you love insurance so much that it's your profile picture on all your social media accounts, except for LinkedIn. Um, so um, do, we want to go back and talk to you about how you first got into insurance and, and sort of understand where did that love come from? Um, and is it connected to anything that you did at school or did somebody influence you on the way? So we'll, we'll hand over to you and you can tell us a bit about that. Okay, so um, I'm 57, just gone last Saturday. Um, and I started in insurance when I was 16. I was gonna stay on at school in the sixth form, do my A-levels. But I've got two elder sisters, and they saw the job market in the Northeast. So they said, Jeff, uh, at the same time you're in the sixth form, apply for jobs. So I did. And I got an interview on the first day of sixth form. And they rang the school on the Tuesday and said, can Jeff come back for final interview? And I went for final interview at a place called General Accident Insurance Company and that no longer exists. It's effectively what, what is Aviva now. And when I went for the final interview, uh, a guy who I can never thank enough called Jack Guy um, interviewed me and he said, you haven't got the most qualifications, but I can just see something in you, your drive and your determination, and I'm going to take a chance on you. So... I've never publicly been able to thank him. Um, sadly, he'd probably, he'd probably be dead now. He's probably been 95 or something like that. Um, but um, he's always been in my thoughts off and on over the last 40 years. Um, and it's really thanks to him that I've, I've you know, got a career in insurance. Brilliant. Um, what was his name again, Jack? Jack Guy. He might still be knocking around somewhere, you know, listening to podcasts. Yeah, yeah. So you didn't finish your A-levels? No, 
I didn't I didn't finish my levels. Um, I literally started a, about four or five weeks late after after having that uh, that job interview, um, and never looked back since really. And how how did you develop this love then? Because it's obviously you've been in insurance since you were sixteen, seventeen. You're now in your fifties. You've never moved out of insurance. What sort of kept you going and interested in in what a lot of people see as quite a complex area to work in? Um, good question. Basically, what what happened was uh, I moved around different departments whilst I worked for General Accident, and because I did that, I gained a, a grounding in what's called class discipline i.e. the different the different areas of insurance um, and that then enabled me to um, take that forward into what I decided to do after general accident which was to go into insurance broking. Um, I've always been a, a salesy person, a people person, um, you know going way back to being seven, eight years of age opening up the garage doors at my parents house putting a plank on bricks and basically selling the contents of my mum and dad's house for like 2p and 5p a time, uh, which we, they were obviously delighted about when they returned home. <laughs> the model child. Um, well, that's interesting. So we, we normally have Yorkshire folk on this, uh, on this podcast, much to Jane's... Northern folk. Northern folk, yeah, northern Thank folk. You, you are much. you are northern, but you're a lot more northern than me and Jane. So, where are you from, Jeff? I'm from a little fishing village called Seaton Sluice, which sounds horrendous, but if you actually Google Map it um, and have a look, it's got the most beautiful beach. It's in between Whitley Bay and Blythe, um, and I could see the sea from my bedroom window. Um, oh, I'd love so living, so living in living in uh, West Yorkshire, wonderful countryside, great for walking, wonderful people, but every day I still miss the seaside a little bit. Yeah, that smell, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. And how did you end up in um, in West Yorkshire then, Jeff? How long have you been living here? Um, okay, so quite a circuitous route. Um, I was working in Newcastle for Norwich Union. Um, again, another part of Aviva. And they launched or relaunched some commercial insurance products. And they had a national sales competition. Um, and the first prize was uh, five days, um, five star in Prague. And you had to go along with the... Uh, the sales director of the company. So I don't know if that was a good thing or a bad thing to win that. Anyway, there are 124 people who did my job on a nationwide basis and I won that competition. Um, so it enabled me to, to, to rub shoulders, if you like, with the, the top brass within Norwich Union. Uh, that was remembered, uh, unknown to me, that was remembered my my face and my achievement and then I was out in Whitley Bay this is a great little story for you I was out in Whitley Bay out of my brains on a Thursday night um, pitched into work 10 past 9 the next morning 
and everyone's going, where have you been? Where have you been? All the management teams up from Leeds to see you, where have you been? So I went into a room and there were many grave faces sitting around this table and I thought, for some irrational reason, I thought, I'm going to get the sack here. Anyway, I sat down and one of them said, I have some news for you. And I went, oh, aye, what's this then? And so they said, um, we're giving you your, your, your own branch to run. But there's a couple of buts. And I said, what are the couple of buts? So they said, you start in two weeks and it's 350 miles away from here. <laughs> Rygate in Surrey, where all the posh people live. Wow. <laughs> so Rygate's still a long way from West Yorkshire, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, I'm <laughs> coming, coming. Sorry, coming to that. So, um, went down there um, with Mother Half's work. Um, sorry, went down there for my work, stayed down there for three years. Uh, she then got a promotion, needed to be in Sheffield and Leeds. I could literally work, as long as I had a laptop and a phone, I could work from anywhere. Um, so I got a transfer um, back up to being based from home in West Yorkshire. Um, that's how it came about. And that was, that was 2003, came up here. Wow. 2003, so <clears throat> you sort of nearly, well, no, you've not been here, have you? Life, you've been here nearly 20 years. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> and would you ever, yeah, would you ever consider moving away from West Yorkshire? That's a toughie. Uh, in the foreseeable future, uh, the answer would be no. Although from a work balance point of view, um, we, Mother Half and I, like our holidays when we can. Um, and at some point, getting a holiday home in, in Spain hopefully would be on the cards. Fabulous. Fabulous. Well, hopefully we can get back to Spain at some point this year. Um, so Jane mentioned to me earlier that I'm actually the odd one out between us three and I was sort of trying to figure out why that would be um, until she said that you both like to sing. Well, I knew that Jane liked to sing, but she's still not sung for me. Um, and now I know that you like to sing as well. So tell us a bit about that. Yeah, let me just tell you, Jeff, before you do, Michelle takes the piss out of me for singing all the time and she finds it hilarious. I don't know why. Actually, I don't find it hilarious. What actually happened was I found out Jane had been in a pantomime and not long after I found out that she also liked singing and was singing in the pantomime. So that was the sort of humorous side. The thing that makes me laugh is this vision of Jane singing like Widow Twanky songs on stage. Um, not any other form of singing. And because she won't actually sing for me, I don't really know. I'm, I'm tempted to say, oh, no, she wasn't. Oh, yes, she was. <laughs> um, but, but that said, um, so about 10, 10, 12 years, doesn't matter when, I was in a pub, there was a karaoke, and someone said, sing a song, sing a song. You know like what it's like when people press gang you or try to, to sing a song. And I couldn't think of anything worse. Anyway, I chose a song that I'd never sung before. What did you uh, choose? 
uh, I think it was Rat Trap by the Boomtown Rats. Oh, yeah. Uh, which is a good tune, but it lasts six minutes, which is <laughs> twice as long as most songs last. <laughs> I hadn't realised that at the time. Anyway, I sang that, um, sat down, everyone applauded, and I thought, oh, well, that's nice and polite. And then two or three people came up and said, that was absolutely superb. What are you going to sing next? So I said, nothing. And they said, oh, you should. And I went, why? And they went, you've got a great voice. Anyway, um, moving on, I started to do karaoke more and more um, in the little village where I used to live, uh, which was called, or is called, uh, Slathwaite. On, well, that's Slathwaite on Sunday. It. So it gets called Slawit most of yeah. the time. Anyway, that was, that was basically what happened um, there to get me launched with singing. Um, but I've had some bizarre situations. I'll tell you quickly about two of them. Uh, one of them was I've been to a karaoke where nobody, nobody wanted to sing other than me. <laughs> so, so what they normally do is they introduce you with a bit of a flourish and they go, can we have our Jeff, please? <laughs> so, of course, every single time they wanted somebody to sing, they had to go enthusiastically, can we have our Jeff, please? <laughs> so, of course, by the third or fourth time, the person's going, come on then, Jeff. <laughs> so that's a that's the first funny thing and then the second thing is it's it's not really funny it's absolutely i love it is that my other half helen she loves singing as much as i do so we sing together but we don't sing boy boy sings girl sings or girl sings boy sings we actually sing whatever we sing we sing simultaneously so it's really good it's like a blend of two voices all the way through the song um, and we, we quite often do this on uh, punk songs like Ever Fallen In Love with Someone You Shouldn't Have Fallen In Love With by the Buzzcocks or Teenage Kicks by the Undertones and it works it sounds probably horrendous to anybody listening to this but believe me if you actually hear it it's actually quite good. You might be uh, getting yourself a bit of a recording contract Jeff. Fingers crossed. <laughs> you should go down to um, our producer, Alex's studio, because he's got all the gear there. Uh, don't tempt me. Do <laughs> so, um, you sing sober, Dad? Absolutely. Absolutely. Actually, you raise, a, you raise a really good point there, Jane. Um, if it was a choice in my life, if, if you had to take hard choices, and the choice was singing or alcohol... I would give up alcohol to keep singing. Jane, what would you do? I'd say no. It's not a risk. I'd get lost. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I'd, what, what's your go-to karaoke song then, Jeff? Uh, for myself singing on, on my own, it would be um, probably Virginia Plain by Roxy Music or Angie by the Rolling Stones. And that Angie is a tricky song. Uh, there's nowhere to hide on that song. There's no big instrumental breaks for you to hide behind. It's just your voice all the way through. So for that reason, I've taken about five or six years to get slightly better at it each time. Uh, and I love singing that song. It's full of emotion. Have a listen. Jane, what's your go-to song? 
Um, I've not really got a go-to because I have like I think an eclectic taste in music would be the right way to put it. I like some night shit. <laughs> um, um, I quite like to sing Miley Cyrus, it, The Climb, but that's quite a slow song. So sometimes it's not it's not appropriate to do a slow song. You don't want to like bring down the tone of the evening. Um, when I'm at home, I sing. I have on the um, my iPod. I have a um, singy songy list. You know, like when you what, what do you call it? When, sing along playlist. That's it, isn't it? Oh. Yeah, I have one that's a sing a sing song. Um, and I have like Alison Moyer on it. Anything from a musical, I love. Um, I love The Greatest Showman. I, I like to sing any song from that, whether it's a man, a woman, a child, and even I can harmonise with myself on those songs. <laughs> it's pretty impressive if I do say so myself. So yeah, I, I like to sing most of. I know what you mean about uh, not bringing. Um, the night down by singing a slow song um, yeah. when everything else is up tempo. Having said that, selfishly, I really don't care uh, because I enjoy singing so much. So I, I remember being in a in in a place singing, and somebody sang um, "Uptown Girl," and I was up next to sing, and he said, "What do you want to sing?" So I said, "Stop crying your heart out by Oasis." So. <laughs> so so I sang, I sang that and I sang my little heart out. Um, but I think everybody wanted to slit their wrists up by the end of the song. <laughs> well, you two are probably not going to believe this, but I was probably, well, 20 odd years ago, me and Clive went on holiday with some friends of ours, Vicky and Simon. We went to Greece, I think, and we entered a karaoke competition. And Clive and Simon won sang um the proclaimers um is it about ten thousand miles what well, i don't know the name of it and me and vicky sang the carpenters on top of the world and we won the competition <laughs> we were so drunk the competition was um a paragliding trip the next day getting picked up at 7 30 so we sent Clive and Simon on it and Simon spent, uh, no, Clive spent the whole of the trip throwing up over the side of the boat while Simon was bent double laughing his head off. <laughs> he had to stay on the boat till every other karaoke pub competition winner had their turn. <laughs> so um, anyway, um, we're sort of, getting to that point in the podcast where we need to play the game. So, Jeff, do you think you're ready for this? Shall I say as ready as I'll ever be? <laughs> yeah. So, we, we normally shuffle the cards, which I'm shuffling. You can hear I'm shuffling. And you would pick a card, but you're just going to have to tell me to stop and I'll pick a card out when I'm... So, you can say stop whenever. Stop. Oh, I can't believe we've got this. You never, I can, nobody's going to believe that this is not a fix, but it's, the question is, what is the greatest song ever written? 
that would be, even though I don't like it, that would probably be imagined by John Lennon. Hmm. Wow. What's yours, Jen? Um, I don't, I don't know. I presume you're saying that song, even though you don't like it because of all the things and what it means, Jeff. Yeah, to totally. I think in times, even now with the pandemic, um, but just in times of great um, stress, you know, like when uh, Princess Diana died, stuff like that, um, yeah. people seem to rally around that song. Yeah. I've just gone cold thinking about that. Yeah, it's strange that people aren't talking about it really, isn't it, with, with what's going on? Yeah, yeah. But I think, I think you can have, a, have an appreciation for a song, even if it's not particularly your taste. Um, like I said, I've got really eclectic taste. I don't think I've got a best song ever. I'd probably go with Angels by Robin Williams. Mm. I'm, I've not got a favourite song, but I like lots of different music like you do, Jane, and probably anything by Elton John would work. But anyway. Yeah. I think a country song might be it because they tell a really good story in a country music. I don't know which one. Working nine to five. Achy, breaky, hard. <laughs> right, I'm, I'm shuffling again, Jeff, so tell me when. Stop now. Ooh, what is the most beautiful place you've ever seen? Cuba. I've never been to that part of the world. No, I haven't. I went, to, I went a couple of uh, Christmases ago and the people are beautiful. Uh, the place is beautiful. I had a guided tour of Havana. We were in the north. We, got, we paid to get picked up by this like, American 1960s car with a driver and a guide drove us about an hour and a bit to Havana. And then we had a walking tour of Havana, um, going to places like Ernest Hemingway's bar. Um, the, um, there's a hotel there that all the, the mafia figures met in, in the 1950s to plan having one organized syndicate crime family um, for the whole of America. But more than that, it's just, I think, it wasn't just how beautiful the place is and the people you know they're dirt poor they're absolutely dirt they've got nothing um but despite that they've got such a spirit and a and a love of life and as we've been talking about music uh you know the cuban music is fantastic as well very very uplifting yeah i i can't i, I my sort of standout place is um I mean, the country that I think is the most beautiful is New Zealand, but the, probably the most, I don't know, beautiful is probably the wrong word, but the most impressive thing I've ever seen is the Grand Canyon. Mm. Is that you, Jane? Um, uh, not particularly well-traveled. I'm the kind of person, when I go on holiday, I, I sit by the pool. 
that's it. <laughs> Don't go um, exploring. I think one of the most, one of the prettiest places that I've been to that, that I've noticed is Cornwall. In, um, in Cornwall, they're stunning. Need to go to Spain. Yeah, no, I'd, I agree with you. Although it takes as long to get to Cornwall as it does to get to Spain, to be fair. Longer if you get stuck on that A road. Yeah. Road. Anyway. We've got time for one last question, Jeff, so tell me when to stop. Stop now. Mm, this is going to get you off that moral fence. Um, when is it okay to lie? You've all heard of the expression, a necessary lie. And that means different things probably to different people. I would suggest the only time that it's appropriate to lie is if you're protecting someone that you love. Mm. I'd agree with that. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, we all lie to our kids, don't we? You know that. <laughs> well, yeah, you know. Every day. <laughs> I lie to my dogs. Yeah, to your dogs. Is it Ted your dog? No, um, had to part company with Ted, unfortunately. Turned, turned a little bit vicious, so just got Meg, Meg and Pablo now. Meg and Pablo, brilliant. Actually, I'm quite surprised that I've not had an interruption from my little doggy while we've been on this uh, podcast recording because he's normally sniffing outside of my office door but um anyway I'm I'm missing oh well i'll try I don't have a dog bring him into another one but um i think that we've reached the end of the podcast jeff so really really thank you so much for coming in and recording with us we probably need to apologize to everybody for the audio quality because we are um, recording remotely and editing it ourselves. Uh, well, actually, when Jane says ourselves, that's the royal ourselves. She means she's me. Um If anybody wants to find you, Jeff, to talk about insurance, where do they find you? Okay, so I was a very early adopter on LinkedIn. So just look look up Jeff Dunn, J-E-F-F, and Dunn is D-D-U-N-N, from Spencer Hayes Insurance Brokers. Spencer Hayes Group Insurance Brokers. You can find me there. Thank you. Great. Should we call it a day? Yes, thank you very much, Jeff. Nice to see you. Smiley, happy, kind face.